morning. Good morning, First Colleyville. How you doing this morning? You good? Did you enjoy your Thanksgiving? Me and my wife, we had uh, the, the privilege of going back to Atlanta, where she's from, to spend time with her family. So I'm coming back full as a tick. And uh, her mom cooked everything. And since we're talking about legacy, I'm hoping that that cooking legacy follows in her. Oh, come on. Can I get an amen on that? Can I get an amen? I'm praying that she carries that legacy on. But um, a lot of you, uh, thank you uh, for coming this morning. We're so glad to have you. If you don't know who I am, my name is Charles, and I am the lead church planter pastor of Cross Creek, New York City, that we are planting next year. Uh, make some noise for that. We're so glad and excited about that. And um, I'm so excited to share the word with you today. I want to thank Pastor Craig for even giving me the honor to preach up here in his space um, and for giving me the privilege of using this this amazing microphone. I'm not used to having uh, free hands. So if the Holy Spirit uh, leads me to pop lock, uh, just, just don't, don't, don't get thrown off. Don't get thrown off. I promise you, it's not weird. I'm just not used to having this. Um, go with me to uh, the 127th Psalm. Um, we are concluding our uh, series on legacy. And Pastor Craig has been walking us through the importance of focusing on legacy. And today I want to uh, speak a message specifically to parents today. We are going to conclude talking about a generational blessing and I want to share three blessings that every parent should instill into their children three blessings that every parent should instill into their children but first I want to take you to Psalm 127 um, and just remind you of how much a blessing children are to you so let's start at verse 3 uh, these are the words of Solomon Psalm 127 verse 3 it says behold Children are a heritage or a legacy from the Lord. The fruit of the womb, a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies at the gate. Let me read the message version to you so you can really uh, catch what this is saying. Uh, the message version says, don't you see that children are God's best gift? The fruit of the womb, his generous legacy, like a warrior's fistful of arrows are the children of a vigorous youth. Oh, how blessed you are, parents, with your quivers full of children. Your enemies don't stand a chance against you. You'll sweep them right off your doorstep. So today, as we start, I want parents to remember that children are a blessing. Children are, as the scripture says, a reward. And when the Lord gives you children, he's giving you the opportunity to build your legacy. And you have to first come from the understanding and the heart that this is a blessing from God. By me just having children, they are blessing me because now I can carry on my heritage and my legacy. So today, we start from that standpoint. I'm gonna give you three blessings that I believe every parent needs to give their children. Will you pray with me? Because I think this is very important in this holiday season. We're thinking about what gifts can we give our children? A lot of us wasted too much money in Black Friday and you think that's the gift that you wanna give your kids. But if you don't give these three blessings to your children, then your legacy will suffer. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for you being a God who cares about legacy. So much so that what we're about to read is how you blessed your son 
and made sure that his legacy would carry on. So today, Lord, we speak directly to parents, God. We speak to every father and every mother. I pray that this word would encourage them. And even if they haven't been intentional to give these blessings to their children, I pray that today they will be compelled to start to do this work. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone say amen. Amen. All right, so a couple of weeks ago, um, do I have any basketball fans in the building, any NBA fans? If you were watching a few weeks ago, a major annual event happened, and it's the NBA draft. And every year we have this NBA draft and it's so big and we see all these college players and uh, all these athletes sitting in their living rooms waiting to see if they are chosen to play in the NBA. And I love watching the NBA draft for a few different reasons because you literally get a, a real-time reaction from family members, friends, sometimes girlfriends, uh, and they're celebrating the big day of an athlete. And this year particularly, I was interested in seeing one particular athlete. They were going through and you know, the first round draft pick happened and you see uh, mixed reactions. Moms are crying and girlfriends are clapping and even some dads trying to hold back. You know, you gotta be a man. You're like, oh, I'm a son. So it is, it's, a, it's a really cool sight. But I was looking for the reaction when LaMelo Ball was drafted. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with LaMelo Ball, but his father has a very strong reputation in the basketball community. He has a, a reputation of being uh, a loud mouth and super talking up his sons, and my son is better than Michael Jordan, and da 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 da. He's gonna go and be the best in the league. And it was always funny, he got criticized because he was talking like this before his sons even made it into the league. He was sure that his sons were better than everyone. And when LaMelo Ball got drafted third in the, in the first round, I just saw LaVar like this. And you would think, wow, like that's it? That's all you have, LaVar? You've been talking your sons up and he just got drafted third? And I realized something. Yes, this is LaMelo's big day. Yes, the world is seeing that LaMelo is going to the NBA. But LaVar had already been celebrating his son before the world realized that he was valuable before the world realized that he was able to go into the NBA, before they knew his name, before the ball name was famous, LeVar was already speaking up on his son. And I realized that that is such a blessing to have a parent, to have a father that before I even reach my peak, before I'm celebrated by the world, you celebrate me when nobody's looking. I wanna take you to the Gospel of Luke. I want to take you to what I consider to be Jesus's big day, Jesus's draft day. Go to Luke, no actually go to Mark chapter 1, I'm sorry, go to Mark chapter 1. I'm going to take you to Jesus's baptism. And what's funny about Jesus's baptism is this is an event that had already been prophesied many years ago. And even John the Baptist was, I guess he was kind of like LeVar, LeVar Ball because he was saying, man, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. The one, he's greater than me. I'm just baptizing just to lead the way to him. So finally, Jesus arrives and this is Jesus's big day. And the father does something so powerful. And if you read too quickly, you'll miss it. Because God, I believe in this moment, the Father in this moment was setting an example for every parent for the type of blessings that you should give your children. 
Go to Mark chapter 1. We're starting at verse 9. I'm reading from the ESV version. Are you there with me? Are we good? Okay. It says, In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. I want to focus on the beginning of verse 11 and give you this first blessing. If you're taking notes, the first blessing that the father gave an example that every parent should give their child is assurance. God gave his son assurance. This was Jesus's big day. The world was watching. John the Baptist, his cousin, was making a big deal and everybody was awaiting the Messiah. Everybody was awaiting the one who was coming and he finally showed up. And he came to John and said, I need to be baptized. And, and, and it was such a big deal that John said, no, you need to baptize me. I'm not worthy to baptize you. And then Jesus told John, this has to happen. I'm setting an example. And then John, bapti John baptizes Jesus and the scripture says, immediately he saw the, heaven, the heavens tear open. That means that in Jesus's big moment, the father made sure that he was present. The father made sure, and think about this, a lot of parents, a lot of fathers will, may say, you know, I, I want to be there for my son's moments, I want to be there, but I'm just so busy. You know, I have so much to do, I'm working, I'm providing, isn't that enough? Do you think you're more busy than the heavenly father? If the heavenly father, my, my mentor, Pastor Goins, would say, the, the coordinator of the cosmos can stop and open up heaven to be there for his son's big day. You're not more busy than the guy literally holding the universe together. The father said, hold on heaven, hold on universe, hold on everything. My son is being baptized, so I need to take a quick break and let him know I'm here, I'm present. Parents, you can provide assurance to your kids in two ways, if you're taking notes through your presence and through your priority. The Father opening the heavens and being there for Jesus' moment, it says immediately Jesus saw that God took the time to be there for his big day. It was almost like Jesus looked up and he says, my Father is present, my Father is here with me. And it didn't end with that. You keep reading, the Lord went on to say, you are my beloved son, and I am well pleased. So God not only assured him with his presence, but he showed Jesus that this was a priority for him. Yes, I have other things going on. Yes, I have other lives that I'm taking care of. Yes, the universe is <laughs> depending on me to stay together. But you are a priority to me. You are my son. And nothing takes priority over my son. This was literally the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And this would be the thing that would carry on the legacy that would continue to save us even today. So this wasn't a small moment. And God didn't want to let his son enter into ministry without assurance. Do you know what happens when you don't have assurance? Do you know how children suffer in the world when they don't have assurance? 
You know what assurance is. Assurance is literally, I looked at the definition, it's a form of self-confidence. So many of us know what it's like to become adults and enter into the world and have to figure out what our purpose is, but not a lot of us know what it's like to enter into our purpose already confident in ourselves. Many of us had to enter into the world and find a source of confidence. And as a youth and young adults pastor coming into this, I can't tell you how many youth I've had to preach to, even young adults I had to preach to, where they were trying to find their purpose, but insecurity was the main thing that blocked them from walking into what God had called for them to do. If you're not assured in what God has called you to do, that'll be the greatest hindrance for you to even start your ministry. We are watching a generation of youth. We're watching a generation of teens and even a generation of adults that are entering into adulthood and trying to find their purpose. But first they have to find their confidence because they didn't get assured up front. Parents, the first blessing you should give your children is assurance. Nothing should take priority over giving your children this blessing. Let's keep reading. The first blessing was assurance. Let's read verse 10 again. Verse 10 says, And when Jesus came out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open, and the Spirit descended on him like a dove. I used to read that and say, oh, that's cool, wow. The son saw the father open heavens and then the bird came down. It was just, it was like something that was cute during his baptism. No, it was bigger than that. The Lord first gave the son assurance, but second, if you're taking notes, he gave him an anointing. He anointed his son. Jesus is the Messiah, and Messiah literally means the anointed one. So God not only made time to be present and show the son that he is a priority, but I'm not just gonna open the heavens, I'm going to anoint you for your ministry. Go with me uh, really quick to Luke chapter four. I want you to see this. I want, I want you to see how important this anointing was. Luke chapter four, verse 16. Because right after Jesus was baptized, we all know he went into the wilderness, he was tempted. And then after he came out of the wilderness, he just started preaching. He went back to Nazareth and started preaching. This is how important the anointing was. Chapter four, verse 16, it says, he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And it was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. And this is what he read. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set the liberty, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And watch this, this is how cold Jesus was, watch this. It says, and he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant, and the eyes of all the synagogue were fixed on him, and he began to say to him, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Imagine Jesus showing up to preach after his baptism. They hand him a scroll from the Old Testament. He reads a prophecy from Isaiah, hands back the Bible and said, oh, what I just read, that was about me. <laughs> and just walked off. That's how cold Jesus was. I'm reading scripture and the prophet was talking about me. And 
the scripture literally spoke of what God did at his baptism. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me and has anointed me to do these things. That is so amazing that when he reads the word, he saw that the Lord was already talking about him. He was already making a big deal of him before he even showed up. Parents, how many of you prayed before you had your children? How many of you spoke over your children's life before they even had life? How many of you declared blessings over them before they were old enough to even walk into those blessings? Do you know that above assurance, there also needs to be an anointing. You need to anoint them in the Word of God. You need to declare certain things about them that they don't even see in themselves. A lot of us, we didn't have the confidence, but somebody else had confidence in us, right? You didn't think you could do it, but somebody else believed you could. And it was their words that they covered you with that led you to be successful. But until you believe in yourself, sometimes you need somebody else to believe in you. Amen? You need to anoint your children. You need to cover them. You need to speak over them. I looked at Abigail being baptized and I saw a family that was already covering her in prayer, already celebrating her. And this was just a big moment for us to see, but you could tell the family had already been covering her. That is a blessing that every child should have. Assurance and anointing. But the importance of the anointing is not just so I can be confident and show up and be cold like Jesus when I read scripture. The anointing is meant to equip you when you're sent out. So God was saying, I don't want you to just know I'm here for you and I believe in you. I'm going to send you with power. The Holy Spirit came down and empowered him and gave him the boldness and confidence that he needed. Come on, Charles, Jesus is God, why would he need that? Jesus was also fully man, and the man side of him needed to have the Holy Spirit's help to be confident and bold in what he had to do. Give your children the gift of anointing them in the Word of God. Make, make sure that they don't leave your house not confident in who they are, and not confident in whose they are. We have a lot of, of young people that are entering into the world, not confident in who they are, not knowing who, who they belong to. And when that happens, you leave room for the world to tell them who they are. Oh my gosh, you have no idea how hard it is to undo the identity that the world gives your children after you've already sent them out. You missed the mark by giving them an identity in Christ before they were sent out. And now they're adults and you have to undo the identity that the world gave them. Send your children out already covered and anointed in the word of God. Okay, come on now, come on. This last one, the Lord gave his son assurance and then the father gave his son an anointing. But let's go back to Mark 1 and read verse 11. Everybody's favorite part of this baptism. After he parted the heavens and showed his presence and priority. After he anointed his son with the Holy Spirit. Verse 11 says, and a voice came from heaven. I almost want to get deeper with this because I feel like my voice isn't good enough for God. <laughs> you are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. This is the third blessing. He gave assurance, he gave anointing, but lastly he gave affirmation. 
He affirmed his son before the world while everyone else was looking, while John the Baptist, the guy who had been talking up about him, was watching. The father affirmed the son. And you would think, what? Jesus already had all the affirmation. Everybody was waiting on him. John made a big deal of him. But, did, but if you keep reading, when John was in jail, he questioned what he was saying before. You remember that? John sent a message to Jesus and said, are you really the Messiah? Like, because how I'm living and how, this doesn't look like what I was talking about. But Jesus was already affirmed before other people started doubting him. Lastly, we see that God affirms his son. But this is what's most powerful about this affirmation. The father affirmed the son before the ministry had started. So essentially, the father affirmed the son in his person before he affirmed the son in his performance. I want you to like really understand what I just said. Affirmation come, came at the beginning just for the person and didn't wait for the performance. How many children feel like they have to perform to be affirmed by their parents? I have to be good enough. I have to get this degree. I have to make this type of money. I have, my family has to look like this. I have to be perfect or my parents won't affirm me. I've, I've heard some grown men tell me They've never heard their father say, I love you. Never heard it. I've heard some grown men say, I've never had my father hug me. And most of those guys were, were workaholics, super successful, had all the things that you thought would make a man feel affirmed. But you realize that no matter how grown you are, no matter how successful you are, no matter how much money you have, no matter how many accolades you have, if you have not been affirmed by your parents, you're going to be building your legacy backwards. I'm building my legacy to get the approval of those who came before me instead of building my legacy to help those who come after me. That's backwards. If I'm building my legacy just to be approved by who came before me, who's coming after me is suffering. But what if I was affirmed up front? Before I succeeded in anything, I was loved. Before I was good at anything, I was valued. My parents told me, you are amazing, you're great, we love you. Dad, mom, I didn't do anything. That doesn't matter. I love you because of who you are, not because of what you do. And when you do succeed, that's icing on the cake because I already believed that you were great. Affirmation. This is the third blessing that you have to give your children. Recently, I was ordained as pastor before I came over here and started to do the work to plant this church in New York. And I told you guys the story about me saying yes to God and not being sure and God having to check me and say, you don't have to be ready, you just need to be willing, right? And I thought that that word was enough for me to be okay when it came to giving God my yes. But there was still something missing. It's like, God, I'm willing because I'm obedient and I'm scared of you. <laughs> so I'll do it, right? But there's still something that I need. And I didn't know what that thing was. So here we are at my ordination service. I'm preaching my farewell sermon. 
I'm preaching with confidence and boldness, with the fear of the Lord, because he told me to do something and I'm going to do it because I'm going to obey him. But there was still something that I felt like I needed. And then after I preached, my father, who is here today, my father preached a sermon after me. And it was so powerful because I realized in that moment, my father was my first pastor. I watched him preach going up. I watched him plant churches. I watched him preach the word. I watched him exemplify what a man of God is to me. And I felt like up until this point, I've always weighed up myself against him. I want to be like my dad. I want to be just like him. And to see him preach and affirm me, his son, and tell me I was ready alongside my mentor and spiritual father, Dr. Goins. Both of them laid hands on me and assured me that this was something that God was calling me to do. And they anointed me and said I was empowered to do it. And they assured me and affirmed me. I realized that's all I needed. And in that moment, I could do nothing but thank the Lord for the spiritual blessing that he gave me. It was so powerful, and I'm not going to lie, I cried a thug tear. It was so bad. But even as the world was watching my ordination, all of my friends and loved ones, all that mattered in that moment was what my father said to me. So parents, I want to challenge you this morning. This wasn't a super deep word. This wasn't a super long word because I wanted this to just be very intentional for you. If you have not been intentional to give these three blessings to your children, you're sending them into a world that they are not prepared for, they're not equipped for, they're not empowered for. But here's some good news. As long as you're alive and your children are alive, there's still time to give this blessing. It's not too late. If after the service you have their phone number and can call them, you can easily say, I love you. You can easily say, I believe in you. You can easily say, even in the mistakes you've made, you are my beloved son. You are, you are my beloved daughter, and I'm well pleased in you. And you have no idea what world of a difference that's going to make in their life. So I challenge you, parents, if you have not done that, make today the day. Because we've seen the difference between an affirmed leader in the Bible and an unaffirmed leader in the Bible. You remember David, when it was time to get anointed, his father didn't even mention his name. And then he went on to have a mentor who was jealous of him. But David broke the cycle with Solomon. David promised Bathsheba, Solomon is going to be king. I will affirm and anoint him. And the scripture that I read to you at the beginning, Psalm 127, was from Solomon, an affirmed man of God, who ended up being the wisest man we've ever had in the Bible. So today, for all of my parents, I want to pray with you. Actually, if you are with your children right now, I challenge you to, to hold hands with them. If you're not, I challenge you to pray for them as I pray with you. Dad, actually, can you come stand with me as I pray? Today, I pray that for many of you, this will be the first day that you are intentional to make sure that your children have these blessings. 
and praise God if you've already given them these three blessings. Continue to do so. Because one, I love you isn't enough. Continue to affirm. Continue to assure. Continue to anoint. And watch your legacy continue on strongly in the Lord. Will you bow your heads with us? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for who you are in our lives. We thank you for you giving us the example as you being Father and Christ being Son. We thank you that simply through his big day, you have taught us what every generation should give to their next generation. Lord, compel us to give assurance. Compel us to give affirmation. Compel us to anoint the next generation to do your work. Lord, the mission of our church is to lead every generation to know and follow you. That's legacy. We thank you, God. And for every parent who heard this message, Lord, that you had to say, thank you for making it plain to them because this is so important. And I pray for every child, every son, every daughter who may be missing these blessings, God. I even pray for those who their parents are no longer with them and they still need these blessings. Lord, I pray that you would surround them with father figures and mother figures who will stand in the gap. Lord, you don't want to see anybody unequipped to do the work. We thank you, God, and we love you for blessing us so we can be a blessing. It's in Jesus' name we ask all these things. Amen, amen, amen.